Today on Octal FM, Gelada, Tony and I discuss the most recent Nintendo Direct and all the upcoming games that we're most looking forward to. Hello and welcome to another episode of Octal FM. I'm Sefran. And I'm Gelada. And today we are joined by a now quite regular guest, actually, in Tony. Hello. Hello. Uh, yeah, I think this is what, like, your seventh episode or something now? Like, a- avid listeners will go back and say, actually, it's eight now. I think you'll find Yeah, we actually made a mistake um, in the episode with Tom where we were like, oh, weren't you the first? You were the first guest, right? Like, on, on Oxal FM? No, it was Tony. Oh. <laughs> yeah, See, I only cried now I feel a bit. really bad. <laughs> uh, we're actually going to break from tradition a little bit uh, with our main show episodes, which we usually try and keep kind of more timeless, but only because it's such a kind of a wealth of subjects to discuss and we wanted to discuss the most recent nintendo direct hmm. uh which was on the 13th of feb 2019 so again dating the episode of recording it was there was so much to it that we thought it was worthwhile having a full-on half an hour's length discussion on each part and considering that a few of the games on this list also came up in our games of 2019 it kind of felt like a worthwhile move to do Yeah, definitely. And there was a lot in this Nintendo Direct. Like, I was kind of, I don't know whether I was expecting there to be quite so much. And actually, there wasn't anything that I was expecting. I was expecting some stuff on Animal Crossing. Oh, yeah, that didn't appear, did it? Yeah, but at the same time, there was still a lot in this Direct. And it's just kind of, I know we're, we're very Nintendo fanboys and fangirls here, but... It really cements, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff coming out on Switch. Um, and we have a lot of listeners who play Switch. So it's sort of, you know, feels like a, a useful use of an episode. It does. And maybe it's one thing that's worth doing is actually explaining what the Nintendo Direct is in case people aren't sure. Mm-hmm. Which is more, it's a bit like a, a news feed almost, like a, a large press conference in video formats. They use it to announce upcoming titles or kind of updates or just generally sort of like advertise all of their upcoming stuff. And it's a lot more substantial than just sort of like a very short, say, like, you know, minute long trailer for one game. Like these are like half an hour long videos and they just go through all of the upcoming releases and it's not even just like small stuff either you're not necessarily going to be interested in all stuff we already know about there were some big announcements as well yeah absolutely i mean the the biggest announcement was saved to the very end was their sort of uh one more thing they love doing that yeah they do and that was that they're doing a remake of link's awakening legend of zelda link's awakening which originally came out on the game boy Although it also came out on the Game Boy Color, which was kind of more of a definitive edition. They had they added a bunch of extra things in the in the Game Boy Color version. But Link's Awakening is actually the first Zelda game that I ever played. And if nothing else, the music has embedded in my mind. There was something about the music in Link's Awakening that was just really good. I think it's really great that they've done this as well. Because they're not going to have made a new Zelda game anytime soon. Because... Breath of the Wild was such a, a huge undertaking. And to be honest with you, they can still make a lot of money off of that even now. Like, they, they, it's still a console seller. Uh, you know, like almost two years on now, I think, isn't it? 
they don't need to start pouring resources into a brand new game. Although I'm sure there's things already on development, you know, and they've already got sort of ideas bouncing around the the offices. But this is a great way of kind of keeping interest in the franchise going, maybe with some like newcomers. For example, like my partner, Laura, she she started playing video games almost exclusively with Breath of the Wild. Like she's she's quite new to everything. So, for example, make if she wanted to kind of play a new Zelda game, then this would be a great starting point for it, but also allow her to play a, a, a classic within the series, but in a more modern way. Yeah, another thing that I thought was interesting, which actually I think Gelada was the one that found it, was about the art style with this. So, um, mm. I mean, I thought it looked a bit like Yoshi's Crafted World, almost um, Kirby's Epic Yarn or something, like mm. almost like a Play-Doh-y type feel. But Apparently in an old manual of the Link's Awakening. I think it was a manual, I'm not sure. It was the photos in the colour version, in the DX version. There was like a camera. Oh, okay. So I, I don't know. You just showed me it one evening, didn't you? And it's, and the art style of Link is very much like how they've done him for this new game. Yeah, they basically, mm. even though it was top down and sprites, there was, yeah, there was like a camera in the DX version. I think it was just in the DX version. And that had like, you know, 2D pixel arts photos, if you like, of Link. And the art style of this remake, as Tony says, like it matches those pictures, which is really cool. It's really awesome that they've chosen to do that as well, because again, they could have gone... But they could have done anything, really, couldn't they? Like, they they could have maybe used some of the sort of similar art styles to what they did in A Link Between Worlds. Because yeah. I guess that's sort of like the most close comparison recently, at least, anyway. Or they could have done, could have gone back to like Phantom Hourglass and stuff like, you know, sort of like yeah. cel-shaded Link style. Oh, that would have been cute. It would have been very cute, actually. But I still think what they've done is unique and interesting. And they're keeping the style very fresh and different, which is great. It almost looks like a really souped-up mobile phone ge- version of the game. Yeah, if you know I know what I mean. you mean, definitely. But I'm not even saying that in a negative way. Like, it's just really charming. And that's only from the very brief sort of trailer you get, because it's only like about 30 seconds worth of actual gameplay, you know, once you get past sort of like the opening cinematic teaser, as it were. Yeah, definitely. I also liked in the trailer, they had some cool anime as well, which was nice. Like the, you know, the like cinematic that they're done. I guess they're going to be adding that into the game as well to sort of flesh out some of the kind of more prominent scenes from the original game as well. Obviously, with the time, like the actual hardware limited what they could do. So now they're kind of like wanting to show it off a bit more. Yeah. But breaking away from Zelda, because we could be here all day talking about it, quite honestly. <laughs> it, it's it's just it's really cool to see, and I'm really happy about it. And it was definitely very much there. And one more thing, big announcement, uh, which Nintendo loved doing. But there was so much more on this list. And before we kind of jump into another big one, there, there was lots of other kind of smaller updates as well. So, for example, we had announcement that one of our favourite games from the lands actually is moving to mm. a Switch, which is um, Dead by yeah, Daylight. Yeah, that was a surprise. Because we, we really enjoyed playing that at the lands. Yeah, no, um, I remember screaming slightly when <laughs> the first time <laughs> the uh, serial killer gets you is, is always fun. <laughs> so that'll be fun. <laughs> on switch i think it's a really good fit for switch as well actually like because the games are quite short like they're what maybe 15 minutes at most and if you've got like 15 minutes just to kill sort of thing you know i think it's a great way of jumping online and playing around and then going off again so i think it's a really great fit for the switch and it's a great game too and i'm glad that it's doing well uh, as well because i thought maybe at first it would 
because this is, it came out originally on, on the PC, sort of the same sort of time frame as like a lot of other of these kind of asymmetrical horror games. Because I know it came out very similar style at time to the Friday the Thirteenth game, which is very very similar to this one. Um, and I'm really glad that this one in particular, because this is the one I really enjoyed, obviously, with playing it at the LAN, is, is done so well to be able to be moved onto a Nintendo console. Yeah, and speaking of games moving onto the Switch, um, I'm really quite excited about Hellblade coming out on Switch, because that's sort of been a game that's been on the edge of my radar, but has not necessarily been something I've wanted to pick up. But the fact that it's coming out to Switch, as I've talked about before, gives me a lot more opportunity to play these games. Um, so I'm really excited to see that. I think, you know, we were talking about it before we started recording, you know, and it's a, it was like a small studio, right, trying to make a AAA game. And there's sort mm. of, there's some interesting concepts in it and it deals with sort of um, mental health and things like that, in you know, in a really interesting way. So I'm very excited to give that a go uh, when that comes out. It got a lot of really positive praise for what it managed to do with such a small budget. Because mm. I think, again, like like I said, it was a, a very ambitious title and they proved that you didn't have to make, you know, these tens of millions of pounds worth of development cycles to make a really good, interesting and great looking game. Because it is a really pretty game as well. And having that on the Switch, like you say, means that I probably wouldn't have played it otherwise. Because just like you... I just don't have the time to sit down and play all of these great games necessarily. But having that extra portability on the Switch does make these maybe more fringe titles. That sounds really negative, doesn't it? But it's not like your core title necessarily, but is definitely one worth picking up and playing. So it's again, just like Dead by Daylight in a way, it's great to see it on the Switch. It does sound interesting. I can't say it's been on my radar at all. I don't know if I even... I've heard of it, to be honest, but is it, what is it? Is it action RPG or just action? I I feel like it's action somewhere, but... It has a similar sort of vibe to it as maybe things like um, God of War, Uncharted, Last of Us. Yeah, it's like an action, classic sort of action adventure, I guess. Ah, okay. But a little bit more focus on the character's interactions with the world and the story as opposed to sort of like the gameplay but it has some really cool mechanics to it as well that we that we touched on early as well and like the idea of like the madness and the like you say the mental health aspect of things where the the game sort of becomes more and more crazy is like well your character suffers more and more and tries to deal with all Mm, that interesting yeah it's a little bit arty which is why obviously it's on my radar (laughs) well it won like a load of baftas as well i think pretty sure it won like some kind of high-end awards uh, outside of the gaming community as as standard for that very reason so yeah no surprise that you enjoy it (laughs) yeah so i guess moving on from that one is um one that i was quite excited for once i knew it was a thing which was astral chain sort of the game i didn't Mm. know i wanted (laughs) because everyone's been waiting for bayonetta 3 really and they did say by the way, we are still working on Bayonetta 3, so <laughs> yeah. don't don't go on Twitter and get really annoyed. <laughs> they didn't say it like that, but that's that how I inferred it. That's basically what they meant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but with this... i tell you what, actually, just very briefly, because that's a really interesting point. That's one thing I think we can applaud Nintendo for as well. And I know we sound like we're just fanboying here, but they did that very recently with, with Metroid Prime 4, didn't they? Where they basically came out and said, we need more time to make it. Yeah. And they're being quite forward and honest about their development cycles and their release schedules. They're like, please wait a little bit longer. It will be worth the wait. I don't feel like many companies do that. It's good. And I feel like they got a lot of goodwill from people as a result of that honesty. Yeah. I mean, there's always people that you can never please, but it's it's good that they're being so transparent and... 
And they then used that sort of transparency for Bayonetta 3 to talk about another project from Platinum Games, which, like you say, was Astral Chain, which does look really, really interesting. Like, I don't really know much about it other than that trailer showed. No. In fact, is this, has it even been announced before then? Is this, like a, is this like a brand new announcement? I don't think so. I'd never heard of it. I mean, I, I could be wrong, but it was sort of a surprise in that it's a new IP and Platinum Games and I believe someone from Near Automata Automata is um, working on it which is that's Mm. quite a good thing from my point of view because I loved that game Mm. Um, and Bayonetta's great Platinum Games just it just looks really good and it's in a cyberpunk universe so it's right up my alley really yeah you could definitely see the influence right of Bayonetta and Nier Automata and all of that kind of stuff like it just in it I also thought it looked a little bit like a Star Ocean game um, at first I thought Mm, that that was what it was going to be but yeah it has that sort of like early 2000s anime vibe going for it which is like what Star Ocean looked Mm. like to some extent which is really good but I like the aesthetic of the sci-fi cyberpunky look to it as well and it reminds me of another game that they they developed which was the Metal Gear Revengeance game Uh that sort of like cyborg style high action hack and slash yeah, no, that um, Astral Chain looks great and it's definitely one I'm going to be watching. Apparently it's scheduled for release at the end of August, so not long to wait. <laughs> They've managed to keep that under their hats for a long time, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. Again, Nintendo are quite good at that. They're like, because they did that with a few other things on the announcements of this Nintendo Direct. It was like, and later today, this will be available. And one of the ones that they did with that was the Tetris 99, yep. which is absolutely wonderful. Like, that's such a great idea. They were just like, oh, and by the way, it's available now and go and, go and enjoy it. Uh, which I certainly go and did because I'm a bit of a Tetris fiend. Um, <laughs> I enjoy playing you Tetris yet? a lot. No, no, I haven't won. I think the best I've done is like seventh, I think. So I don't understand what it is. I know tes- I know what Tetris is, but I've heard tell of it being a Battle Royale Tetris. So It's essentially that, yeah. Like it's, in in theory, it's a Battle Royale version of Tetris in that you, you fight against 98 other people whilst playing Tetris. <laughs> in practice, however, it's just regular Tetris for the most part, where where normally you'd be playing against one of the person sending each other junk blocks as you clear lines to kind of make each other, you know, build up more and more and more uh, blocks on screen. You're playing against 98 other people doing all that to each other at the same time. And you can you can vary your targets. So, for example, you can choose to attack people who are also attacking you, or you can be random with who you attack, or you can kind of go for knockout. So if someone's kind of not doing so good, you can kind of target them on purpose and kind of knock them out earlier. And that's sort of the generic idea of, of how the, the game works. But at the core of it, it's just more Tetris. Yeah, it's a pretty cool game to be released for free as well. Like, that's just kind yeah. of... I don't know, yeah, it's a big I f- surprise. I feel like it was a really great idea for them because you do have to have that sort of Nintendo Online subscription. They're equivalent to things like PlayStation Network, for example. But as a result of that, it is a free game, so to speak. Yeah. So it's not free because you need the subscription, but it does give you even more of an incentive to want to pick up the subscription to begin with. I would pay the however much it was. I think it was like £20 for a year subscription to Nintendo just to play Tetris 99 right. for a full yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's worth it to me. And then... I feel going forward, that's definitely what Nintendo should do is try and add these sort of like small incentives to want to have the online service, as well as allowing it to pay for the multiplayer options of games. Mm, definitely. What uh, What else? What was your highlight from the direct stuff? I mean, there was quite a few things that really stood out for me that I really enjoyed. Uh, but I guess the main thing that I wanted to learn more information about and did was probably Fire Emblem right. Three Houses. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty well known. For the listeners, that I'm a big sort of strategy RPG fan, and Fire Emblem is obviously a very big part of that. And seeing 
a lot more detail about how the game's going to work was really, really awesome. This is very much a you and Tony game, for sure. <laughs> I, have you ever played a Fire Emblem game? Ver- maybe very briefly, but I've never seen one through to completion or more than a few mm. hours in. I, I mean, I guess they just don't gel with you, but I genuinely love both the combination of the strategy, but also the characters too. Like, I, that's one of the reasons why I like it over, say, other games that are similar to it that get compared to things like Advance Wars. I know we were talking about that earlier with Wargroove, for example, but one of the reasons I like Fire Emblem games is because they've got that those character interactions and the kind of more in and the more detailed storylines. So it kind of brings two aspects of things I really enjoy together. Yeah, I mean, I thought it looked really good. I'm I'm always a, a sucker for the the art style and all the all the characters, but I don't actually remember much from the trailer. Now I know there's three houses and hmm. stuff happens. <laughs> I think the the main gist of it seems to be going along the similar sort of lines as they did with uh, Fates, in that you sort of like choose the outcome uh. of how you want to play the game. So in Fates, you, you chose one side or another, whereas in this one, it feels like you're going to be choosing, well, one of the three houses, so to speak. You're going to be sort of like an avatar character again, very similar to things like uh, Awakening and Fates. This time, you're not actually like the main fighter. You're a mentor in this in this case. So you're sort of like a teacher within an academy. And then within the academy, you choose which of the three houses to sort of like tutor and mentor. Oh. And then you can kind of like grow your soldiers and uh, in a way that you want them to sort of progress and and get them to say study in certain areas to improve their skills and say axes more than you want lances and you can get them to sort of be more aggressive or defensive etc. So there's a lot of customization with how these characters are going to develop as fighting units and then at the same time you've got all the usual kind of fire emblem story and support options where characters will kind of grow to know each other and grow to know you and i'm sure there'll be a full romance option as well so it feels like from the trailer one of the things that a few youtubers have been saying is it looks like fire emblem meets harry potter oh that sounds perfect (laughs) it does sound good right (laughs) in that you you take part in this sort of like academy setting very much like Hogwarts, in the middle of like a disputed sort of area uh, where it's like a kind of a safe zone for everyone to go and kind of learn and having that sort of like that high school-esque setting is very traditional for like a Japanese style game <laughs> as well but brings all the benefits of that at the same time of having the social links there as well as having the ability to sort of like train your your units how you want them to be done and obviously it's not released too much more about the grander story of things it looks like there's going to be kind of like a large evil church religion background thing going on and there's going to be like initial tensions between the three sort of nations the three houses as it were and they're going to come together to sort of like fight the overall bigger bad guy that's probably how it's going to go but overall it looks really really promising and it's the battle system although they didn't show very much of it looks really really nice They've, they've not just kind of like made a handheld Fire Emblem game on the Switch. It feels like they have made a proper console version of Fire Emblem now. Mm. Sort of like what they did with um, Path of Radiance uh, on the GameCube. Have you ever played that one? Uh, no. <laughs> Sorry. It was the one with Ike in it. Oh, from right. Yeah, no, I'm woefully ignorant to the quite retro <laughs> ones, which I, I should go back and play them, really. I just haven't got round to it. But I, I did start with mm. Awakening, to be honest. Awakening and mm. Fate. And yeah, no, I, I should definitely go back and play them. But it's looking like a really strong entry into the series. And I also think it will be a really great way to introduce a lot of new players to the series as well, because it breaks away from some of the more traditional 
tropes of Fire Emblem, but still keeping a lot of the same vibe of it and why you would like it to play it in the first place. And having it on Switch as well means you've got a huge install base. You're going to get a lot of people playing it for that mm. reason. So, yeah, I think Fire Emblem is just going from strength to strength at the moment. Uh, and Nintendo know that, which is why it was one of their kind of yeah. prominent announcements on the directors. There's works. also obviously the benefit of Fire Emblem Heroes on mobile. Mm. where you know that's really propelled i mean that's that's nintendo's most profitable mobile game and continues to be their most profitable mobile game and when you consider that one of their other mobile games is pokemon yeah right you know that that says you know so this is maybe pokemon go beats it now actually i'm not sure i haven't looked at the stats recently but i remember being surprised at how high fire emblem heroes Mm. is in terms of revenue this is really going to see a lot of success off the back of that um so hopefully it kind of lives up to that because it'll be a for a lot of people it's going to be an intro into the game beyond heroes if you like Mm -hmm. on the subject of uh, games that look like they are console games and not handheld games i just want to i just want to mention that uh they announced room factory 5 or they sort of like had a logo for room factory 5 yeah they said it was in development they also showed like a you know, that they're re-releasing Room Factory 4 on Switch and it looked terrible. It did look like, bad, didn't it? <laughs> like I saw that and I was like, oh, oh dear God. <laughs> it did look really bad, didn't it? Like it looked like something from a PlayStation 2 era game. It's, yeah, it's, it didn't look it excellent right. on the 3DS as it is. It was more sort of, well, it was it was pretty, it was fine. It was, if it already looked a little bit dodgy on 3DS, then it's, it's just going to be starkly yeah. contrasting with the actual new games that are coming. Hmm. But it's, especially when you've got it on a big screen you know like on a on the switch yourself when it's docked yeah, yeah. it's not a bad move though because some people will be fine with that like I, i'm not normally that fussed about graphics hmm. but yeah one of the interesting things actually about the nintendo direct which you've just sort of briefly touched on there was there were i don't think were, were there any announcements for the 3ds at all actually now no. I think about it. i don't think there were were there it was all switch orientated yeah which shows very much that nintendo are wanting to move in that direction now like as they're only console yeah. i would imagine i had a bit of a concern when they started to announce Link's awakening and i was like oh no please don't please don't put it on 3ds <laughs> yeah like uh, you can see that they might do that because like again it has that traditional roots of being on yeah. a handheld from the original game but i'm glad for the most part that they are slowly phasing the 3ds Definitely. out not because it is not a great console it is and it's got a, such a huge library of classic games now but it's starting to show its age a little bit oh yeah and considering the switch is basically a 3ds except for the 3d functionality yeah you know i don't see why you'd want to carry around both a switch and a 3ds with you Mm, definitely i think we've unfortunately had to miss a few of the other big announcements like they announced like a dragon quest game on switch which i must say i'm not super invested in like i've never been a big fan of dragon quest and this one's probably going to pass me by as well. But I think it's sort of like a re-release, like definitive version of the one that was on PlayStation 4 earlier this year or earlier last year. Sorry, yeah. is that right? Yeah. yeah, no, Eleven's been on my radar. Not because I'm a massive Dragon Quest fan. I've only played one game on the DS, but I've seen trailers for Dragon Quest Eleven and thought, oh, it's it's already out on the PS4. Maybe, maybe I'll pick it up at some point. But then I thought, no, I'm going to wait for it on the Switch because just being able to play it handheld as well as on the TV would just be great. And I am mm. I just love Japanese RPGs, so I'm probably yeah, going no, to like this. <laughs> I think I think it's definitely your wheelhouse, isn't it? Yeah. There was actually a lot in, if you look at it 
the sort of overall themes of the Nintendo Direct, there was a lot of Japanese RPGs in this, mm. um, in this, you know, everything from, yeah, Dragon Quest XI. You had Onanaki as well from Square Enix. What else was there? There was like... Well, you've already mentioned Rune Factory, you know, that's right. another one. Yeah, a lot of like Japanese, Japanese theme, Fire Emblem, okay, not a JRPG, but it's a turn-based strategy, but, you know, that's there as well. You've got the two Final Fantasies, uh, you know, 9 is out now, the remake of 9, and um, 7 as well is out next month, and you've got 10 and 10-2 that are still on the no cards eight. as well. No 8, very sad. Yeah, is 8, the, which one is the one that they've like lost, that they can't... Yeah, it's 8, eight. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Yeah. The most up-to-date version of A is the PC port from like 2000, right. <laughs> which is why it doesn't get released, unfortunately, in any other console. Yeah. But they also announced as well, like uh, Dragon Quest Builders 2, which again is a great a great title. I played Dragon Quest Builders a little bit because one of my first games I picked up on Switch uh, and I quite enjoyed it. And I'm glad that that's getting a sequel now. It looks like this is kind of what the game was always meant to be as well. Uh, it feels like they're adding a lot of content, which is going to have made the game more of what they had in mind the first time round. Yeah, no, it looks good. I, I can't say I played the first one, but it's it definitely seemed good. One of the other things that I really uh, enjoyed the look of, and I have downloaded the demo of it, but I haven't had a chance to play it yet, is uh, Damon X Machina. That looks super interesting. I love the art style. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a really kind of like action-heavy mech game with a really cool, traditionally convoluted anime-style plot. Um, and it looks fantastic, and I'm really looking forward to even just playing the demo. Like It's on my Switch now. I just haven't had a chance to play it yet. Yeah, that sounds like your sort of game, mechs, convoluted anime. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> It has it has a similar sort of vibe to it as Astral Chain does in a way. Mm. Um, not it's a little bit kind of looks a bit darker and grittier, um, a little bit more sort of stylized towards the dark style of art than Astral Chain does, which is a little bit more kind of like flashy cyber looking. Mm. Mm, but Saturday it's still, morning cartoon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a really good example, actually. I, I like that a lot. But I'm really looking forward to that game as a whole. Like, again, it's another new IP as well, which is great to see. Um, it's not just sequels. You know, th- there's new stuff coming out. Mm. Uh, and I think the last kind of big announcement, really, which is quite exciting, because I think this is an absolute perfect game for the Switch, and I'm surprised they held off as long as they did with this one, which so is Disney's Super Mario Maker Sumsa- 2. Oh, right? no, okay. <laughs> oh, wait, yeah, sorry, Disney's some some Adventures of whatever it was called. Um, no, Super Mario Maker 2, like that game just feels like it was made mm. for the Switch. Like, even before it was on the Switch and the Switch was even a thing, like, the touchscreen, the portability of it, everything just screams Switch, but it was originally a Wii U title. And I'm very surprised they didn't just make Super Mario Maker uh, yeah. Deluxe or whatever, like they did with, say, I was gonna say Mario Kart. exactly that. I mean, I guess in a way, a sequel to Mario Maker is kind of a remake of Mario Maker because it's not like you have yes. to, like make new levels <laughs> so no it kind of is a but it does look like they've added quite a lot of new building yeah. content so i think they've added like new versions of mario to play because one of the things you could do in the original mario maker was have like i think it was like four different versions of mario you can have like the classic 8-bit style 16-bit style actually it might just be three mustn't it? it was it just that oh, it was like mario world and was it like the new Super Mario Brothers games? I think yeah. it was. Yeah, I, I do know they've added Cat Mario. Mm. Yeah, it looks like they've gone for the um, the, the 3D versions mm. of the games as well, mm. like added all that into, but sort of still looks like it's going to be on a 2D platformer plane, which is interesting. 
But I'm glad that they've done that. And I feel like it's going to sell like hotcakes because Mario Maker did anyway. Mm. Like that was a, such a huge selling Definitely. game, really, really successful on such a small install base of the Wii U. Well, I mean, what's it going to do on the Switch? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think, I mean, there were a few other bits and pieces as well, but I think that is pretty much the majority of the announcements from the Direct. Yeah. It's just, considering it's mostly just for advertisement purposes, it was really awesome to watch. It was genuinely fun and you were excited to Mm. see what's going to be announced next. And even the stuff that you're less interested in, like for me, for example, not that fussed about, say, you know, Marvel Ultimate Alliance Mm. 3 Mm. or Dragon Quest XI or, you know, Disney some sort of Starlink. I'm not that fussed about any of those, but it was still really fun to to watch that and interesting to see what's kind of coming up. Um, and I think Nintendo's approach to advertising their games like this is definitely a, a good idea. And I feel like they're going to continue forward with doing the Nintendo Direct style yeah. in the future. Agreed, definitely. But yeah, hopefully uh, this has been useful for you, listener. Um, if you if you didn't follow the direct or maybe um, some of these games passed you by when you were looking at the direct, you know, I certainly know that, you know, there's always those games that I kind of gloss over when I'm watching something like this because I don't think it's a big deal. And then I talk about it and I'm like, oh, wait, actually, yeah, that does sound interesting. You know, things that are a bit outside your comfort mm. zone, maybe. Yeah. And it's interesting what like a short 30 second to a minute long trailer mm. of a game after that will will do to change your opinion. Yeah, definitely. Which is what it's for, isn't it? <laughs> um, so yeah, hopefully this has been useful. Um, you can let us know your thoughts about the Nintendo Direct or any uh, any other recent Nintendo announcements uh, by sending us an email, show at octal.fm. Or you can come and grab us on Twitter. We were tweeting, actually, um, straight after the Nintendo Direct, we were tweeting about our favourite announcements. And yeah, we're at OctalFM on Twitter. Uh, And you can come and find us on Facebook as well, facebook.com forward slash OctalFM, surprisingly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it was a really great one. And I know it's a bit of a break from the norm for us, like it's a little bit topical, but... Mm. It was a lot of fun talking about it and it was great to have Tony on board as well because I know you were really excited about some of these games coming out too. So um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed listening to all of our uh, our fanboying of Nintendo. Hmm. And fangirling. Oh yeah. Yes, exactly. Well, that's, I don't, whatever. <laughs> Fanning. Fanning. Hmm. Hmm. That sounds worse somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but hope to catch you again for another episode of Octal FM very soon. I've been Seferin. I've been Gelada. And I've been Tony. And catch us again for another episode of Octal FM very soon. <laughs> that was a bit strange, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm not very good at this. <laughs> oh, the lady on the box art looks very intimidating. <laughs> clear line lines you send junk pieces to your opponents <sighs> i thought i put my phone on silent <laughs> i don't know if that picked up or not but i'm gonna have to restart I, now. we could hear it so it probably did. probably did didn't it Bloody hell. <laughs> it's, it's like a musical fart <laughs> 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 oh my phone's not on silent oh dear <laughs> yeah it's like <laughs> yeah your phone is not on silent <laughs> I think actually Gelada um, first played Rune. Oh, I can't f***ing talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to do another bleep. There's the second bleep. <laughs>